One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi there, this is Martina Navratilova. Uh, hi, I'm Mats Wilander. Hi, I'm Andy Murray, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport, brought to you from the summertime with myself, Catherine Whitaker, in a wonderful mood due to said summertime and uh, my co-podcaster, co-companion, co-joy feeler in the sunshine, <laughs> David Law. <laughs> joy feeler in the sunshine, <laughs> ah, that's me. Uh, yeah, we're in the pub again, but we're in the pub. We're outside in the beer garden. The pub. Yeah, and we're in the beer garden, and uh, and I'm trying very hard to just stick to half. We're going to have half beer law, beer. Yeah, half, half beer, beer law yeah, yeah. Uh, for the podcast. Because there's relatively important things. One to talk beer about. law for dinner after the podcast. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's not the most heavy going of podcasts we've had. I mean there's no, you know, beloved uh, multi Grand Slam champions have been saying anything racist or sexist this week, <laughs> but there are still meaty topics yeah. requiring our attention. But true, and and uh, and I at least need to be able to get the names right. Exactly, yeah. which many people can't do with uh, Sasha Zverev, who will be <laughs> a prime uh, topic of conversation for, today. For, for Nobody start, can say Zverev. Well, no, but but also the fact that you called him Sasha. I mean, his name is listed as Alexander. Yeah, but I, in, I call him Alex. But he I res- feel really. He refers to himself as Sasha, and Misha is officially Misha. It's like when Andy Murray was Andrew Murray for a while. It's only a matter of time before it's Sasha. I mean, everybody, he refers to himself well, as Sasha. Stick it in the media guide then, Jez because Green I find it confusing. Yeah, well, I, th- I think next season it will be Sasha. As that's, somebody the, who, that's the vibe As I somebody feel. who doesn't like to use nicknames I at I'm, all. I'm with and you I feel, there. I mean, aside from the drop, drop, drop shot dragon, obviously. <laughs> um, but I feel very, very uncomfortable calling somebody by... A, I agree, a name but I don't, think it, I don't think it is. I don't, a I don't feel it's like comfortable calling her Kiki. I don't know her. I mean, she, she's not a friend of mine, Kiki Milodinovich. There's a difference between a uh, nickname and a, you know, my family called me Kathy. That's not a nickname to, to them. That's well, just I'm not my calling name. you that. No, because, okay, poor example. But um, Matt, student Matt, his full name, I presume, is Matthew. Possibly. Let's find out. We'll find and out. And that's not a nickname. No. That's just how he prefers to be called. Okay. Anyway, I'm calling him Alex You're right, though. Zverev You're until right. further I, notice. Th- I agree that you should err on the side of what they're called in the media guide uh, and, until that is changed. But I, I, I'm certain that in the future that will change. It's quite, quite an interesting one is Stan Vavrinka, isn't yeah, it? He because he it, actually he? changed it in the media guide because very, very clever from his agent realised that Stan would be a little bit more approachable 
than Stanislas. Because Stanislas, the man, yeah. doesn't work. Not quite it's not, the same. It's not as brand aware, is it, Stanislas, no. the man? No, well, I mean, you know, as we've tried to come up with something for Drop Shot Dragon for uh, Laura Sigmund, and we've really struggled to come twice. up with anything that just kind of rolls no, no, off the tongue the dro- in the same way. There can be more way. than one Drop Shot can Dragon. I? She's the new generation. She's the next gen yeah. Drop Shot Dragon. Yeah, true. Yeah, now we're talking. Yeah, okay. Uh, This wasn't on the the agenda, was (laughs) it? It wasn't. Any of this. Things that were on the agenda are, of course, Sasha slash Alex Zverev, and we will come to talk about him in great, great detail. But I think, first and foremost, we should talk about the man that he defeated in the final of Rome just yesterday because it is big, it is breaking news. Well, it's not quite breaking news because actually it was originally broken right here on the tennis podcast by Simon Briggs via the medium of David Law. it was just a shade more than a rumour, wasn't it? It was a rumour. You don't print a rumour. Wasn't he a rumour. Wasn't it. a rumour from Simon Briggs. No, he, no. he knew. He it, had sources, and yeah, he it was a rumour from it. us. Let's be honest. He nailed it. He did so absolutely. He did absolutely name it. Now, look. What we're talking about, of course, if you haven't tweaked yet, is that Novak Djokovic will be coached by Andre Agassi in Paris. And the reason why there was a slight hesitation in my voice there is because, obviously, I was super-duper excited when this news was announced yesterday, as I think most people in the tennis world would be. You know, we've been tweeting my... When it was floated in that podcast where Simon texted you mid-podcast and broke the news, I said, oh, my goodness, I would love that, but I, I can't ever imagine that happening. And, obviously, I know nothing about... <laughs> What's going to ever happen? You're not in so the good with the old coaching, coaching t- things, aren't, no, it aren't really out, your strong no, points. No, my credibility is uh, is in the toilet uh, still. Um, <laughs> but I'm still I'm delighted. But I think the delight comes with caveats because I've read right. all the reports of it. I've of course read Simon Briggs's article in uh, the Telegraph today. I've read a number of other reports, and when you dig into the detail. I think calling it, I think the headline Agassi to coach Djokovic is a slight overstatement, in fact. Because what's actually happening is Agassi is going to Roland Garros anyway, which is unusual. He doesn't, he hasn't, he hasn't been to a Grand Slam since he retired. I think he's been to one. He went to the Australian Open, did one day of Jacobs Creek based appearances and left on the same day. A little bit of extra publicity there for them. (laughs) Oh, if Jacob's Creek want to send me some freebies, that would be just fine. Uh, you, you've just doubled your your uh, quota. Um, so yeah, I mean, he, he him his attendance at Grand Slams is not. Uh, he doesn't do any broadcasting. He doesn't do any anything. He's happy to steer right clear. But uh, I understand from a number of reports today that he was due to attend Roland Garros anyway to do some stuff with Longine. I don't know what they do. Something so luxury, it's something I watches, will never ever watches timepieces. I think they're called. Time yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, um, but uh, well, maybe you'll get one of those. Watches for well. people that want you to know how much money they have. Right. Um, <laughs> Does it tell the time? I don't want anyone to know how much money I've got. Um, Yeah, I I, I mean, I think it tells the time, but that's rather by the by. Anyway, he was due to attend Paris anyway, and in while while he's there, he's going to double dip in (laughs) in a bit of consultancy work. And and Djokovic has said he has said he's that Andre will not stay to the end, which I don't think constitute. I don't think you can call someone your coach if. You reach the final of a Grand Slam, your first tournament together, and he's not there, yeah, which that, is what that, seems that's to not be implied. Catherine, well, once, but once it's he what get, he says I don't is care. happening. Once he gets his teeth stuck in, he'll stay. If he likes it. What I'm saying is, 
I, I hope desperately that that's the case, and, and I think you could be right. I mean, you can't do these things half-heartedly. You can do them half-heartedly in terms of time commitment if you don't want to travel full-time, but in terms of your how committed you feel, if you're fully committed, you can't leave. Well, <laughs> You can't the, leave when it gets how, interesting. How they choose you? to handle things logistically, we'll have to wait and see emotionally. Well, you say that, I'm going on what's been announced, no, no, and that, what's been fine. announced, David, is he's not staying to the end. Yeah, and that makes me think maybe we're getting a bit overexcited about what is essentially just sort of a blossoming friendship. No, I, I think you are, you're wrong. Oh, I hope so. I, I really hope so. I I'm just the, going yeah, on I mean, what we have I think as lo- facts. Logistically, the coach-player relationship is not what it was. It just isn't it's, organized. It's not like leaving that before anymore. the end, is it? Well, it can be whatever they choose for it to be. I think he will have inputs. How often have you? How much have you seen of Ivan Lendl lately? Not, Not much. much, but I think if Andy reaches the French Open final, I think Ivan will be there. Well, well I understand that, but this, these are such early days in that relationship that, that it's, it's quite possible that, that Andre Agassi has got other commitments that he can't move. For oh, this, I'm quite sure. For I mean, he, he has a full-on life now, and schedule in and Las and Vegas. He may well he? Have, he may well have said to Novak Djokovic, look, I, I will do this. I, I want to help you. I want to work with you. I'm excited by the prospect. I cannot move A and B. And if you can live yeah, with I've that. I've got this really important round of golf yeah. on, uh, on French Open finals day that I've got to be back in Vegas for. He's a bit more important than that, no, though, isn't he? No, and yeah, he's, he's not, got he's all not of these, Tim Edmund. Yeah. <laughs> steady. Well, Tim. Tim um, would not take that as an insult. He would say, <laughs> yep, quite right, I've got an important round of golf. That is true. <laughs> um, but I, I do feel that, that Agassi will not, do, will not have even got this far unless he's really up for it. Because why would he? Why would he bother? Why would he even well, allow his as, name as to you be know, associated? I'm, su- I'm, surprised that, I'm surprised that he is bothered. Yeah, so uh, it's great. To, to, it to is me, great. this is a thing now. It's now a question of whether Novak Djokovic can sufficiently woo on Dragacy to make him want to carry on doing it. They're well, having, so we're going to see two weeks of wooing in Paris, Yeah, I are think we? so. I think he's What's gonna, it going to look like? I What's the wooing going to look like? I think he's like? going to spend much of his time trying to show off to Andre Agassi. I think that this is what happens with so these you, sort of relationships. Do you think there'll be a significant upswing in Djokovic's body language and behaviour yeah, on the court? I do. I really do. I, I think he... I said to you when we were discussing this a couple of weeks flowers. ago... No. Chocolates. Maybe, maybe chocolates. Uh, I, we did talk about this a couple of weeks ago, and I said what, on, what Novak Djokovic needs is somebody to get excited about. He needs somebody to make him come into work every day, not thinking, oh, I've won everything in the game, what's the point? Which, subconsciously, I think he's been thinking for the last year. He, you yeah. know, he's been trying I mean, he's to convince as, he's himself He's as otherwise. much as admitted that, yeah. hasn't he, I think. He's yeah. needed something to make him feel like a little kid again. The Edberg you know, effect for Federer. Yeah, yeah. absolutely right. Oh, I think it, I, I think it's a, a great appointment. Don't get me wrong. I, and and when the when the news was confirmed, I was delighted, and I was as carried away as everybody. I've just dug into the detail, and I've reined myself in just a little. Andre Agassi has won four slams fewer than Novak Djokovic. But even in Novak Djokovic's eyes, Andre Agassi is cooler. He's done more in the game. As a, as a body of work, as an impact on the sport, he has done more than players who've won many more slams than him just because of the impact he's had on people. And that's n- not to disrespect Novak Djokovic in any way. He's still a work in progress. He's still going. He's 30 years old today as we record. But I think that, that Novak Djokovic wants to, to just 
And this is what I like about what all of these players are doing. It's what I liked about when Murray did it and and, uh, and, and, and Federer did it with Edberg. They are not leaving any stone unturned here. They are going to try and ring out the last drop. Can I Good for him. say something really cynical, which I don't think I necessarily believe, or don't? But I certainly don't believe it's the main factor. I'm just positing this as a as a factor. It's something I don't think we should be naive about in modern sports, so therefore we should at least touch upon it even if you want to completely dismiss it and tell me I'm being a cynical grump and I sh- shouldn't have mentioned it but I'm just going to mention it Novak Djokovic ha- that announcement rightly so has garnered a great deal of attention and excitement on both Djokovic and Agassi today Novak Djokovic announces a very big new sponsorship deal we know I- I- I've mentioned the word Longines which I've <laughs> Never in my life didn't said know before. Didn't know what it was. Didn't, genuinely didn't know what it was because I've been looking into the sponsor activities of Andre Agassi in Paris. Yeah. Could there be an element of, you know, it's good it's good for the brand. Boris, It was great for Boris's brand. It was great for Novak's brand that Boris was with him. I'm not suggesting for a moment that's the main motivation and it's 100% cynicism. Even if there's a degree of cynicism, it is... For sure, not the main thing. Sorry, do you, but do you mean the, the the fact that they're getting together at all, or the timing that it's on the day that he's announced a new clothing sponsor? I think before? I think the t- timing is for sure cynical, and that's I mean, but marketing is cynical. I mean, it, like that, to, isn't it? Marketing to, to, is a I mean, cynical game. It, if that were the case, then I think he, the timing of the announcement then he, of it. Then he would. I think he would have actually had to uh, orchestrate and uh, preordain that he would that the leak would come out because it, his, his his confirming it was off the back of no, a leak. No, I don't think his confirming it was orchestrated. I think he was always... Well, he would have had to have confirmed it before Paris when Agassi knocks up, rocks up, I think, the announcement of that clothing sponsor. But then, look... look, look. No, that had already been in the books, I think. That, 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 that's, but the uh, announcement thereof. I suppose, we, I mean, we're, we're debating the... Well, it it is it is possible. I'm just saying that, it crosses that, through these that, people's that minds. That stuff does happen sometimes. I, I think you know, there's a betting company that's forever trying to trying to put out odds on something or say that they've paid out on something, which maybe they haven't, um, in order to get mentioned. Um, that that sort of stuff does happen. I I, I don't. I'd like to not think cynically. Um, and, and assume that no, but I do feel that generally speaking, yes, there's no question that Novak Djokovic's profile, yeah, it's like, like it's going to be great for him. Lendl's yeah, great I mean, for it Murray profile. It doesn't hurt. Boris was great for him. But I mean, but, I, mean I, d- I don't think that's the reason he's doing it. I think he's doing it from a, a sheer boyhood idol, and you know, like I said, there's not too many people that Novak Djokovic can look at and get excited about in the tennis world. I agree with you. Okay, so let's say he's doing this from... Let's say David Law's assessed this bang on, which I'm quite sure is the case. Me he's too. doing it for the, the boyhood idol excitement reasons. Agassi was his boyhood idol, but we know that his number one boyhood idol was Pete Sampras. Do you think the call went in to Pete? It's, it's possible. Of course it's possible. Yeah, it's I'm saying possible. I don't know. It. I don't know. I, I would think not. Really? For the, for the reason that I just think that Agassi is a better fit. Personality-wise. Game-wise, personality-wise, journey-wise. You know, journey. uh, if you look at the where, where Agassi went, when he, and they're, they're actually, their trajectory is not dissimilar. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, Agassiz was in some major wilderness there for a while, but, but like wilderness you, that makes. But, but, but not, but more than once too. If, oh. you, if you if you look at, but the, um, the main wilderness was massive. Wilderness. Yeah, but if you look at the early years, Agassiz came on the scene. Um, then he won Wimbledon. Um, he, he he struggled for for a couple of years. Um, then he won the U.S. Open and all that stuff in the the mid '90s when he was dominating Sampras the way that Djokovic was dominating everybody in. 2011 and then he had a cup two or three years where he didn't do an awful lot and then he went and dominated again and then and and now in the last year he struggled Agassi had the down to 141 in the world after having beaten Sampras regularly he he beat him in the Australian Open final lost to him in Indian Wells and beat him on Miami beat him in Toronto in 95 Sampras eventually got him at the US Open in 95 but Agassi I remember because I was a Sampras fan back then when I was just a, a teenager or well I wasn't a teenager I wish I was I was 22 and I was watching all of their matches that was my favourite rivalry of all time uh, at the time and I was cheering for Pete Sampras back then and he could not really until that US Open finally couldn't get hold of, of Agassi Agassi was the man but then after Agassi had achieved all that his interest level dipped. And there's a similarity there. There's that feeling of, well, what am I doing this for? Oh, I, I completely agree with everything. I think I think it all makes marvellous sense. Will... And game-wise, look at them. Yeah, look at of this, course, look of at course it does. It's return and backhand and intensity, isn't it? Those are all the things that Djokovic does best too, but he's been doing some of the practical technical things less well because he's lost some of the intensity and I don't think Agassi will settle for anything less than 100% intensity and I, I once told Andre Agassi that I was a Pete Sampras fan when I was younger as well he that, did what I haven't been brave around. enough to do with Goran Ivanovic. yeah he, he, he was he was curious as to why <laughs> it, so he didn't make a joke about it he genuinely required some explanation no, he was he was, he was this was when I was a very, very young uh, communications manager at the ATB. And actually, there was a, I spent um, about six months going to tennis tournaments with Andre Agassi during his comeback from the 140 in the world period. And we went to tournaments in Prague and Ostrava and Basel, you know, relatively smaller tournaments. And Agassi went to all of these. And it was, it was just when he'd broken up with Brooke Shields. And, it, and it, it was fascinating to be in his company. It was before he had that run to the French and won it in 99. So it was all in 1998, this was. And just seeing the, the, the period of his life that he was in, and I was kind of like the, probably the only other local English language speaker around, he was really. Confident, David. No. But I was asking him stuff. I was asking him his <laughs> advice on. I asked his advice on a few life matters Such that I was as, going through at the time. What has Andre Agassi helped you with in life, David? This was Come before on. I met my oh, wife, and segment, I, 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 I was very curious as to how how he suggested that I should speak to a certain woman. Back Not then. your wife. Not my wife. No, didn't well, that work. was unsuccessful. Then. Didn't work. No, but then I met oh, my it's wife. Oh, a sliding door and situation. I, I, I stuck with the advice that he gave, and I used the same. <gasps> Line. Are you saying, David, <laughs> that you wouldn't be, you wouldn't have married your wife if it wasn't for? Andre no, actually, Agassi? that's not true because she's she's a Croatian and I actually used one of Goran's lines just because that he's the only one who could speak it. And then it turned out that my wife spoke better English than me, so that uh, that was pointless. I feel a new segment coming on: How a tennis player changed my life. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> 
Wow. I mean, I really, really desperately don't want to change the subject from this. Anyway, Andre, all I can say is, and, and, and that, sorry, apologies for the horrific name dropping that, that I've just, uh, I've just unannounced dropped in. Uh, but I, I have to say that he was, he was really nice to me, Andre Agassi. I I, th- I I was really su- sort He's, of pleasantly surprised. See, I didn't know him at know? all. Um, I had a, a brief interview with him as part of that Jacobs Creek media tour when we mostly spoke about Jacobs Creek. Um, but I, I don't know him at all. He's never played in the Champions Tour. Um, will he be on board with Peace and Love? <laughs> I, I think he's the perfect person to, to, to mix with any of the... The, the characters in Djokovic's camp to be honest I mean he's a very easy guy to get along with um, and, and yeah I think he's uh, I, don't, I don't know what Pepe Maz's role will be in the future and all that but I, I, I just think that Agassi could be a, could love this I think he really could and, uh, and I think him and Djokovic will get along famously actually well, it certainly makes Paris in, what, five days' time. Qualifying, in fact, has already started. Eurosport covering the qualifying on the Eurosport player, which I think is cracking and rather, um, uh, I think, puts a dent in all these conspiracy theories about ESPN have announced today that they will be covering Wimbledon qualies uh, and their coverage in the States. And everyone's saying, oh, all this coverage of qualies is just because of Maria Sharapova. Well, Eurosport covering French Open qualies for the first time and... She's not there, so I think that's great. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I tuned in today to watch two players that I'd never heard of, and gosh darn it, they were good. And it just makes you realise how many oh, blooming the, the, good tennis players there are out there that are just flogging you away. Know, the the, the qualies... No one will probably ever have heard of, We've talked likely. about this before a little bit, but the qualies tour, tournaments are just events on their own there's 128 players or whatever it is in the qualies draw and they've all got their own story their own history how they got there how they scraped in the, the ba- stakes the, are so yeah, high the various for them back posts of the world that they've gone to in order to try to scrape into that draw some of them don't even know they're in the draw until the la- you know until an hour before they end up taking the court or whatever it is because of pullouts and stuff and yeah it's if you get to go, just walk around those courts and watch the tennis, enjoy the tennis, but also just think about these human beings who are just scrapping to try to make it. And there's so many that fall by the wayside. And I never... mean, we're not talking about making it in a Djokovic or Murray sense. We're no. talking about making it in make like a living. Make a living. Um, be able, be able to go to the next tournament. Be fun, able fun, to be a professional fun tennis player, doing what they love, yeah. assuming they do love it which i'm sure not all of them do for you know for the next month for the next six months it's yeah i, I completely agree um but we should probably talk about sasha's very unless you want to talk about more about the life advice that on drags the, the the woman advice I've got that to leave something for next you. week haven't <laughs> okay I? because i mean that door is always open david we <laughs> yeah, yeah, all i can say is uh it you know it didn't work first time around <laughs> at some she just looked at me as like can you go away or <laughs> If at first you don't succeed, was yeah. that his advice? That was also part of it. I mean, you know, I went on a similar trajectory, you could say, of lack of success, and then ultimately. Not, to, I mean, I resent, I regret saying that now because if at first you don't succeed, is is not that? I mean, that's just sort of sexual harassment, isn't it? <laughs> Different people, though. Different. Di- yeah. Wasn't the same person, <laughs> Catherine. I took I took the hint very quickly. 
anyway, it's all, it's, been interesting. It's, it's all ended up fine. Yeah. Thanks to Goran and Andre Agassi. 20 years of marriage later. Whatever. Yeah, thanks to Goran and Andre for, uh, for making David the happy man that he is today as he sips uh, his Heineken in the sun here in Putney and we talk about tennis. It's pretty good, isn't it? Sasha Zverev, life's yeah. pretty good for him at the moment as well, isn't it? Not off. Boy, uh, I tell you what, he's better than I good. thought. He's oh. better than I thought. You know, what, what it is with him is he, he's he makes it look so easy, and it, it's not it's not the sort of uh, the Federer grace and the sort of outrageous elements of of talent in that way. It's it's more it's more Djokovic esque in terms of it's this relentless power barrage, but it's done without even looking as though it's, he's hitting, trying to hit the ball hard. He, it doesn't seem to be a struggle. He's six, 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 six seven. Yeah. I mean, you know, and he, he moves around the court oh, with Jay's, We had Jade Screen on the podcast, what was it, a couple of years ago now, talking specifically about his physical plan with, uh, with Sasha slash Alex Zverev. And, and so we, we should probably dig that out and promote it on social media because that would be a f- even more fascinating listen today yeah. than it was then because he was talking about a five or six year plan yeah. with Zverev and that was two years ago and we haven't checked in with Jez Green about it I will try to if I see him in Paris but they must be massively ahead I mean, of schedule even still, the schedule uh, even in his wildest dreams I would still point out that he's twice played Kyrgios this year and lost and because of Kyrgios's brilliance and, and I still think that that matchup oh. I look at it and I still think Kyrgios is going to win most of those um, that's like Federer and Nadal isn't it I mean some matchups just don't well, work it is and we'll talk a little bit later about team and, and, and what he had to deal with against Djokovic but just the how comfortable Zverev looks in that arena, he he, looks, he didn't waver for a moment. He's born did he? to it. The difference is as well; he's not going to have these these massive peaks and troughs emotionally. I don't think that Kyrgios has had and will have. Just the different human beings. Zverev is made for this. He he is he is Federer like in his love of the game and his sort of absolutely no question that this is where he wants to be. It's an insatiable appetite for playing tennis and for winning. I think he has both that Djokovic-esque sort of He's also got a bit of that showmanship as well though. because he absolutely does. During that match against Kyrgios, the moment I I won't forget is when Kyrgios had got him he got his number and you're thinking the match is over here. And Zverev won a a point that he really shouldn't have won in terms of logic. And at the end of it, he just is screaming at the top of his voice and shaking his finger, and he's saying, "I'm not going anywhere." And I love that. Yeah, I mean, I, I what I was most impressed about that performance in Rome in the final against the world number two was that it wasn't spectacular. There were moments of it being spectacular. I mean, sometimes you do get a young player that just comes out and has nothing to lose and just goes for everything. You know, Philippoussis against Sampras at the Australian Open in, what, 96? Yeah. It, it wasn't that. It wasn't somebody with nothing to lose, going for everything and just redlining it. It was a really mature performance. There were moments of brilliance. There were moments of audacious winners and there were plenty of backhand down the line winners that were just gorgeous because that shot I mean his backhand is to die for but it was more mature than that he was like I can go toe to toe in a baseline rally with Novak Djokovic and he wasn't at his best Novak what what, what was reminiscent of Sampras Philippoussis is that Philippoussis did Sampras what Sampras does to everybody else 
Yes. And Zverev did to Djokovic what Djokovic does to everybody else. And it was it was quite it it was show stopping stuff because you, you stood there looking at it and you're thinking I don't think Djokovic can do anything about this unless unless he falls off his level. I'm, I don't see what you can do because well, he's, he's similar and he's he's bigger and he's stronger. Well, now then, on the subject of Djokovic, so it was a really fascinating, bizarre week that didn't fit into any one clean-cut narrative uh, for Djokovic in the way that you know it fitted. Andy Murray's week in Rome fitted perfectly into the Andy Murray's having a slump narrative, didn't you? You, know, you could put that right in the story, boom, yes. Um, with Novak Djokovic, it was a strange week. I commentated his first match against Ali Ashbedeni that had taken place before our last podcast, and he actually played pretty well, but his body language, his mental state on the court was appalling. Uh, and then he really cracked it up a few gears, and I was very impressed with his third round match against Batista Agut. That was, no, that was quarter final against Batista Agut, I think. Was that third round match? Was right, he beat Batista Agut 6 4 6 4. Very impressive. I thought that was great. Then we have the semi-final against Dominic Team, and it's lights out, unbelievable, unplayable Djokovic at his absolute best. And yes, I agree with you that there's an issue with the matchup for Dominic Team against Djokovic. It does not suit him one bit, but nonetheless, he did redline it. It was awesome. Djokovic was his very best. He was motivated. He was dialed in. He was pumping his chest. He was a he was a defiant, ferocious animal again on the court. And then against Zverev, who you'd think he would be incredibly motivated to be that ferocious animal against, you know, putting a young guy in his place. That does motivate these guys, doesn't it? To show, show these young guns that your time hasn't quite come yet. It wasn't a brilliant performance. It wasn't awful. It, it, it wasn't know, awful, and the body language wasn't as bad as it was me, against Bedene, but it was bizarre given it came after that incredible performance It was similar team. to the O2 when he thrashed, admittedly, David Goffin, who was an alternate, but he played beautifully, and then he lost to Murray in a pretty listless performance in yes. the final. It was quite similar because, again, that was... Uh, ben Rothenberg was talking about how every time he plays Del Potro and beats him, we, 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 we immediately, announced, we immediately yeah. announced that Novak Djokovic is back. And, and it's just a good matchup. And he's for him. he's right. I mean, and and I know that. Yeah, but he's producing really, really high level he is. tennis. I agree. And I mean, as I said is, last week, the tennis against Bedene was high. But then, but then he is falling off because even as well as Verev played, that wasn't Novak Djokovic from no, the semi. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, and, I, I, and I'm I'm loath to bring it up because I don't want to take anything away from. Zverev because most people would still have lost to Djokovic yesterday it wasn't awful it it was not awful it was just bizarre and pale in comparison to the performance against team I do think though that that Agassi now has something to to play with here something to get his teeth into he's you know Djokovic knows there's been there have been enough malfunctions now for Djokovic to know that he's got to listen to the guy He's yeah. got, and, and I yeah. think what he's done is look. It may not end up working, but he needed to do something. Getting rid of that tried and trusted team of his, who you know did a wonderful job with him. It was the right time, I think, and he needed to, in his words, shock himself. You know, reboot, go back to to, to the beginning, and 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 get a new set of ideas. And, and well. He, he can have no complaints now if it doesn't work. It's just, the, you know, he's doing the right things, I think. What do you make of Dominic Team then? Great. Incredible oh, against Nadal. Great week. Just, I mean, I enjoyed 
that performance. I didn't enjoy watching Nadal get beaten by that, but that performance was just, oh, was I mean, so it was exciting. edible in its beauty. It was <laughs> It was Vavrinka-like, wasn't it? It was Vavrinka against Djokovic-like. Yeah. In terms of its sheer yeah. power and... I found myself saying in commentary of that match that I thought team's backhand was actually better than Vavrinka's, which I, I caveated Short it. Short memories. Uh, no, in fact, no, no, no. I said his back da- backhand down the line was better than Vavrinka's and Vavrinka probably had the edge on the cross court. Just go and watch that final from yeah, two no, years look, ago. I, that Seriously. one shot, the backhand down the line. Go and watch it yeah, and then compare uh, them side yeah. by side. I'm it not was, saying that teams is inferior, but that was... Yeah. I remember how I felt watching it. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, no, you are you are right, and I didn't say it in. I I, I said it tentatively. I just yeah, it's good though. Bottom line, it's a good it's pretty backhand. good. It's, it's quite good. a good backhand. It's an amazing backhand. It's a it's and a he, thing of beauty. And I think maybe I weight it more high, even though the the, the the beauty of it and the end result of it is only as good or perhaps slightly inferior to Vavrinka's. Maybe I weight it more highly because he produces the same power with not the same physique. I mean, he's a lot hes a lot stronger looking than he was. He's obviously spent some time in the gym, for sure. But he does not have the physique, physique of Stan Vavrinka. He isn't an no, ox. No, but, but that's not where power comes from. Well, it is you, sometimes. You, look, look at it the depends state. on the player. Look at Alexander Zverev. I described that man as a giraffe with a wig during uh, the Australian Open and that didn't go down very well I can tell you um, and I've just set my foot in it again but anyway look at Gustavo Curtin you know there was not an ounce of muscle on him and yet he would produce these extraordinary winners from yeah but nowhere. we do we do sort of give extra credit for doing it through timing and through um, sort of more delicate techniques rather than just with sheer brute force look at how he praise was heaped on Justine Enna for the the power and yes. the efficiency of her backhand, despite her being an, a, a tiny. I'm a just tiny saying, I, I'm not sure that physical size and strength is is what determines power. It it's just absolutely, isn't. It's absolutely not. Dominic Team alone is evidence of that. I'm just saying we perhaps give more credit to a yeah, shot, a, a powerful anyway, shot, if it's not produced by huge upturn for him. He keeps incrementally improving. Okay, but what about? Love and one, one and love to Djokovic. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it, not an incremental I think improvement. It was, it was, it was, it was, there were a couple. Of, it was a reminder of how quick we are as as a, a viewing public and a media to, to immediately anoint somebody as the next French Open champion, etc. Which Did is what a, a lot of people were doing that after he beat Nadal. A lot Come of people on. were. No. They were, Catherine. Nadal is who did that? Name Loads and shame. of people. Name no, I'm not. Give me one name. No, I'm not. One name. I'll tell you after. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tweet it. But there are, <laughs> there are lots of people doing it, and uh, look, I'm 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 guilty of it sometimes with people get overexcited about people. You wouldn't you wouldn't be that rash. No, but I mean, I and look, it equally we very quickly decide that Djokovic is back to his best and then he goes and loses Zverev. People are now saying, you know, I did a pole vault, Catherine, on uh, who's going to win a slam between first out of Zverev, team and Nick Kyrgios. Who do you think, first of all? Zverev, team and Nick Kyrgios. Yeah, who's going to win a slam first? Well, I don't think team is going to win this French Open. 965 votes. Porn bots. Um, No, they're not. They're people. 
with feelings. Um, yeah, no, they are people. And good luck to all of you. you you're in a little club. Okay, so Catherine. Good for you. I don't do you want think? to be in it. What do you think? Pole vault. Hashtag. I think team will win a French Open one day. I don't think it'll be for a couple of years. I could see him winning the 2019 French Open, let's say. So my, so the question we're asking me, I'm asking me, you're asking me, is will one of the other two win a Grand Slam before then? I think Zverev might, yeah. Zverev, Zverev came out on top. Admittedly, Kyrgios, this is about... I can't, Kyrgios could win any slam on any day, but he's a, he's a reverend. You I'm said nev- he never I'm never going to predict one. it. You said he never I, would But I've also said since then, I, I, I haven't revised my opinion. I am revising. Okay, all right, fine. I am Well, prepared, I, I asked I'm this question 15 minutes after the Zverev win, so I think that that was probably responsible for skewing it a little. Uh, 49%, so nearly half of 965 people think Zverev is the most likely to win one first, then team on 25%, then Kyrgios on 22%, 4% think none of them will win a slap. Oh, I mean, that's ridiculous. It's not impossible. Nothing's impossible, David. I don't think I'm going to win one. <laughs> Touche. Uh, <laughs> I think that's impossible. You could get the advice of Andre Agassi. Well, you know, Just I mean... Kimiko Date is older than me. <laughs> she might win. It's not, it is not just about age. She's the only if 2017 player. is sort of anything. It is do you know, do you know not how when you sort, of, you sort of measure where you are in life as to how, how old you are versus the tennis players? There is <laughs> yeah. only Kimiko Date now that is older than me. What about um, Tommy Haas, Radek no, Stepanek? No. 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 Oh, that was that was something that was in. Was it in Mike Dixon's piece? Yeah. Or was it in Simon Briggs's Mike piece? Mike Dixon, possible. Um, Possible Mike Dixon of assistant coach of Novak Le- Djokovic, perhaps. Well, c- certainly steady. Certainly but steady. Uh, well, Mike's a good bloke. He's S- very good. The writer. tennis writing is excellent. Yeah, Stepanek is um, somebody who gets along famously with Novak Djokovic. Um, so I and could, had I a bit of that. input with Nick Kyrgios last year. Yeah, he well, those two get along that, famously too. Well, no, but it, it was more about getting on. Nick Kyrgios said in his interview with the New York Times, didn't he? That Stepanek had been sort no, really? of guiding a not coaching but a guiding hand. Is it time for another drink yet? <laughs> it might just be. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. 
Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Right then, we are replenished and we do have several more topics to cover um, most of them are WTA related and we must give that the time it deserves but very very quickly we haven't talked about Nadal and the fact that he did we've talked about the fact that he lost a team but only from a team perspective do we think it's a blessing in disguise a mal pour un bien as the French say it, it is one of those that was very good it was one of those that I think probably if he'd have kept on winning I'd have been saying oh you know now he's 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 got this invincibility about him and all that sort of thing my, my first instinct when he lost the match was wow team well played that'll probably do Rafael Nadal some good and only in as much as he, he will play two days less get two days more recovery time to refresh uh, he's had plenty of tennis he's match tough he's bang in form he's fit and fresh I don't think it'll do him any harm at all in fact ultimately I think it will help him go into the French as good as he possibly could could be in in terms of form and fitness and I think the consensus of opinion almost overwhelmingly or certainly overwhelmingly agrees with you the only thing that um, chimes a bit at the back of my mind is that it would have been so amazing he's never won all four of the warm-up mm. tournaments he plays for the French Open, even in his, I mean, he is already, regardless of whether he wins the French year, the uh, French this year, the all-time greatest clay court player, and the stats back that up. I don't think that's really something that's, it's not one of those points that people get angry about and say, "Oh no, you're forgetting Rod Laver," like they do with saying Federer is the greatest of all time. I think most people accept that, even in his all-time great days, he never won. Monte Carlo, Barcelona, Madrid and Rome and there is a part of me that is sad because that would have been, for him to do that now after having been written off would have just been unreal for him to still be doing things he's never done before but you know winning winning 10 French Opens could and will likely be pretty great yeah I think that'll do especially 10 of three different tournaments in the same yeah. year I mean it's been, it's, um, it's all it's all been fine the, 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 the bigger point is that he does come in now as fresh as he possibly could I mean it's quite interesting I discussed this with uh, Nigel Sears he wasn't completely convinced by my my argument on that he felt that if he'd have kept winning to have not had any loss against him on clay going in would have scared the living daylights out of people oh I think so too I don't think it's a positive that he lost I just don't think I think it's a neutral mm. I, th- I think the, the benefits so I, I, just, uh, I just don't think the, the, the way the that the team had to go about it in order to beat him and literally just try and hit every single ball as hard as he could I don't think you could do that against him over the best of five. Maybe you could. Maybe you could look at Stan Wawrinka and say, "Well, he did it against Djokovic." I just, I don't believe that anybody else would do that over the best of five. So I, I agree. It was, it was it's an audacious thing to do to go out against uh, a guy unbeaten, seventeen and zero, 
on a surface in a season and do and and to play like that it, it takes an awful lot of confidence and team isn't that kind of character naturally I think that's why it took him two meetings on clay this season uh, and two sort of problem solving attempts for him to get up both the guts and the realisation that that's what he needed to do and uh, boy did it work but I agree still over the best of five sets I would um, pick Nadal in a matchup with Dominic team but I'd love to see it I yeah, do hope I they're drawn to well face do. one another at some stage. That in draw Paris. is going to be fascinating, isn't it? Is isn't it? It's Friday, going to be one it? of the most interesting draws, I think. For and I do, yeah, we've said that a lot recently. But that's because tennis is very interesting at the moment. And I is do it think Friday the draw? The draw is Friday. Mm. Okay, Catherine Whittaker will be there for Eurosport. David Law will be on the podcast for Eurosport and for the Telegraph and just for the podcast, but uh, not very uh, much, though. but remotely. <laughs> He's got so. big. He's got big London-based fish, fish to fry at this yeah. time of year. But I will be in Paris for Eurosport, and, and uh, hopefully I'll be speaking to lots of Eurosporty yeah. people. And podcasting when she can. Podcasting when I yeah, which I hope will be very, very frequently indeed. There'll be there will be almost daily podcasts from the French Open. I, uh, yeah, D- don't worry, you won't be deprived of any coverage during the French Open. You'll be just fine. WTA-wise, I mean, if the ATP draw is going to be interesting, the WTA draw is going to be scintillating, isn't it? I mean, things are shaping up so bizarrely and fascinatingly and unpredictably. I mean, I'm not sure anybody should bother predicting anything for the women's event at Roland Garros. And yet we're still going to do it. Simona Hallett has been brilliant, just brilliant. Yeah, but that was a worrying... It, but it almost doesn't fire. matter how brilliant she can be and has been and should be if she can lose in the way she did yesterday to Alina Svitolina. Uh, I'm actually commentated yeah. on for BT Sport. Uh, I, I did, and I was. I have no idea how she was feeling physically. Let's let's be fair. She she won Madrid the week before. She got to the final here. That's a lot of tennis in a in a, in a couple of weeks' spell. Um, it may have been and she, she had a nasty tumble on an ankle which can sicken you I, I think when you twist an ankle like that it really can knock the stuffing out of yes, you yes although Darren Cahill came onto court a few games after that when she was starting to collapse mentally and she mm. didn't say anything about the ankle at all she didn't mention it he didn't mention it if it had been troubling her if that was that bigger thing she would have I mean, mentioned look, it on the, on the with the caveat that, that I do not know how she was feeling physically Internally, I'm looking at Simone Halep in that final set, and I'm thinking she's she's gone back to where she was in Miami. That is how it felt. It felt as though she'd had a big disappointment. She wasn't feeling great, and she'd kind of just resigned herself to the fact that this wasn't going to happen. Um, and now I may be wrong. That that is how it, it felt watching it, it. It is what it felt like. Um, yeah. And that's that's a worry for her um, and her fans. I mean, hopefully, from her perspective, freshening them over the next week will mean that she goes into every match at the French Open feeling fresh and well. But the chances are you're going to have to play some matches where you don't feel like that. And she's got to be able to, to keep her level even when it's not going that well. And in that final set, she lost 6-1. That's not great. Let's not take anything away, though, from Svitolina, who was outplayed for a set... And kept who head. just kept going, and and I think that the, the, more wins, the, the, more titles the, than anyone yeah, else on WTA. Thirty this wins season. on the on the circuit this year, thirty-one wins now at the head of the race to Singapore. She just wanted to qualify this year, I think, and here she is leading that race. Now 
She's won Dubai. She's won Rome. But the way she dealt with the disappointment of losing that first set and being outplayed and still sticking in there was a great lesson to, to all the players. But I think it just showed her, you know, uh, I can hang with these people. I mean, she beat French Open contender? as well. French Open contender? Yeah, unquestionably a French Open contender. So who's contender. your top five then? Is Muguruza in it now? If she's fit. If she's fit, yes, absolutely. Neck injury, of course, yeah. causing her I, I to don't think that that uh, would be serious. pull out. I, I think she, out, yeah, she's unquestionably in the, in the top set. five. She was brilliant against well, Hang Williams. on, we recorded a podcast five days ago and she wasn't in the top five. So. No, I said at the time, I <laughs> said, said at the no. time, she is the Stan Wawrinka of women's tennis. You did, but you did say no to the top five. Well, I've changed my mind. Which is completely allowed. Yeah, okay, so Gabini Magarutha, Alina Svetolina, Simona Halep, Svetlana Kuznetsova, and my fifth player. Oh dear. Who's my fifth player going to be? Just leave that one with me for a few minutes. I, 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 think, I've written, I think I've written it now. Miladinovic? Oh, yeah, Miladinovic, that's who it was. Well, those are the five options I gave Rosie because yeah. that is my shortlist as well. I didn't hear Miladinovic in your, in your options. She I was, thought there were four. No, she was there. There was were she? five. She was the first one. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm sure you're all on the edge of your seats to find out who Rosie has picked to win the French Open. If you're thinking, what are we on about? Rosie is my dog or my parents' dog, and she's really good at predicting tennis results. She is the tennis version of Paul the Octopus. What happened with the old Ronan Garros wildcard for Marie Sharapova? Yeah, but she was on the fence a bit about it. She she definitely she are we had interpreting qualms. the data differently I think, now? I think I misinterpreted her reaction. But with this one... There is no room for error on the interpretation. You will have to go to our Facebook or our Instagram page. Honourable mention I also have for Sam Stosa, uh, who I think is capable of doing some damage there. But those would be my five, yeah. Doing some damage is the vaguest term. You always use it. I won't allow it. What could she do? Could she win it? Yeah. She could win it. I mean, there's so many people that could win it. They could, but let let me just say, a little bit of a rant coming up here. (laughs) Right. Courtney Nguyen... A, a while back, made that point, didn't she? That the sweet spot for women's tennis is so small. Yep. And the the and this strikes me that that is bang on because when when Martin and Avratilova and Serena Williams were dominating the tennis circuit, they would you know people would say, oh, women's De- tennis no is depth. so boring. You always know who's going to win. There's and no depth. You know, There's just those two, and, and you, everyone you, else you, is rubbish. You'd have all those conversations where people would go, who's going to win? Well. Serena, isn't it? I mean, you know, as long as she wants to, right? We, you never had that when when Federer and Nadal were dominating the tennis circuit and Borg was dominating and people like that. Now we have this this situation where so many players we think could win it and it's open and and you could interpret that as exciting and as an opportunity and all the matches are going to have have an unknown quantity to them and yet so many people end up going, oh well, it's just. It's just... It's a race to the bottom. Well, people just go, well, who knows who's going to win it? Rather than going, going, who knows who's going to win it? You know, all all these overs and, you know, people that nobody knows No rivalries. No rivalries. No stars. Nobody anyone's engaged with, really. Well, that's your fault. Engage with them because they're interesting and they're great tennis players. That's uh, your fault. You know, I I say this is going to be thrilling, this French Open completely agree uh, Angelique Kerber doesn't seem to be any, anyone's top five N- not me not you not Rosie I mean, and that's a definitive you know, poll right there don't you feel that apart from in the UK where I think there are a lot of questions being asked about Andy Murray at the moment generally speaking people are making more of a sort of 
um, disdainful dismissal of, of, of people of are Anthony drawing Kerber more than they are wider to Andy conclusions about women's tennis on the basis of what um, Angelique Kerber is going through than yeah. with Andy Murray. Nobody nobody says, oh, the world number one's having a slump. What does this mean for men's tennis? Disaster. Does it mean that the depth isn't there? Does it mean that what? What does this mean? No, everyone's talking about what it means for Andy Murray and whether or not he can regain his form. But there's no sort of wider ripples talked about in the way that there are uh, with women's tennis. And isn't it shocking that Angelique Kerber has become the world number one, even though she lost early this week? And isn't it shocking that she's playing so rubbish and she's still world number one? How does that make women look? And women's tennis, I mean, just, you can all bog off. None of you, none of the you that I'm referring to, of course, listen to this tennis podcast. You're all an absolute enlightened delight. But we're just saying that those opinions exist out there and it's a shame. Rant achieved. (laughs) And achieve. Um, what else have we got to talk about, David? Victoria Azarenka. Oh, Good news. There's nothing to rant about here. I love here. Victoria Azarenka. She's I great. do too. I think she's cracking and I think she's been misunderstood for most of her career. And I think it's she's going to come back. It's turning that. I think she's going to come back and people are going to get her yeah. in the way that because she deserves she sto- to be got. You know because why? she's interesting. And I'm she not saying trying. she's always behaved she perfectly. She's trying to worry about, yeah. about it. She's, and because I, I, I often go back to that year that... that that we had the rally for Bali for you know, the, the much missed Elena Baltacci to raise money um, for, for the for the Elena Baltacci Foundation and and Victoria Azarenka got involved in that to, to 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 fundraise at Queens actually and she was the star of the show we had a charity match with, with celebs and so forth and celebs. former players you mean celebrities David? Current, yeah did you spelling celebs S L E B S probably yeah. celebs. I'm not so good at the spelling like Roger Federer going to Pippa Mid- Middleton's wedding well yeah but anyway Victoria <laughs> Zarenka put a policeman's hat on and sat in the umpire's chair and had people roaring with laughter she was such a good laugh and, and she she's... was really nice off the court and and it just struck me that she had spent too long probably trying to be what she thought people, people expected her to, her to be. be. And actually, she's a great laugh, just as she is, and I'm delighted she's coming back for Wimbledon. She's great. Well, yeah, that is... Sorry, I, I, I failed to even say what the announcement was. I just assumed that you tennis geeks like us know these things. But, yes, she's coming back for Wimbledon. She may... She says she'll play one uh, grass court warm-up event as well, TBA. She doesn't know which one it'll be yet, so I guess it'll be Eastbourne or Nottingham or Birmingham. Could be in Mallorca, but I'd be surprised. I would have my eye on Birmingham, personally, but we know nothing. Pretty great place. It's a pretty great place. Yeah. Uh, Mary is going to be there, obviously. We'll talk about that very briefly in a moment, because I think we've done Sharapova to death. And it's going to have to be renamed the Sharapova podcast. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep calling it the tennis podcast. But yeah, she's been given a. a yeah, wild she card, keeps she? giving us news. But anyway, I just think it's so great. And she she did a fantastic interview with Christopher Clary oh, I read in the New yet. York Times. Uh, she's been training in Minsk for her comeback. And by all accounts, she's in sensational condition, sensational form. It's just. Fascinating. If you ever have felt like you don't get Victoria Azarenka and you haven't been able to engage with her, read that interview because it is sensational and she is so motivated to come back. I really think she's going to light up the tennis world. I really do. And uh, we'll be seeing her in a matter of weeks, like two or three weeks. Uh-huh. I mean, it's bonkers, isn't Pretty it? Pretty cool, isn't it? It's really great. So, Petra Kvitova has been practicing. You know, who maybe she's going to come back as well. You know, I think hopes of her coming back to Paris are unlikely. Yeah, now, probably. Aren't they? She's on the entry list. She has the option, but 
I feel like we might it's know nice about to see it a hidden now. tennis ball. Awesome. So, crikey. That is awesome. Um, so, yes, Birmingham, you heard me mentioning it. Maria Sharapova will be there. That was confirmed this week. She won't be in the Wimbledon main draw by wildcard because she announced on her website this week that she wouldn't be requesting one from Wimbledon. Pretty sure she'd already requested one from Wimbledon, but... and. Or it, 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 informally but she says I won't be requesting one from Wimbledon I will be playing qualies on the basis of my ranking and that's that and um, I think it's one of the first good PR moves that she's done I think she should yeah. have done it months ago from a PR she's perspective but it's still a good move just quietly informed that she wouldn't have been getting a wild card and, uh, and that it might not be the worst idea in the world to announce that she is not going to apply for one uh, maybe that's not the case. Maybe she just realised that that would probably be a good idea. I agree. I think she should have done that a long time ago. We've talked about that. But, um, yeah, anyway, she's playing qualies. Sounds like it's going to be televised. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that will be very interesting, if nothing else. It certainly will be interesting. Other mopping up to do of just a few bits and bobs. I've given that, It's not on our agenda, but given that I've mentioned Roger Federer attending Pippa Mildred's wedding, what... What do you make of that? Do you think they're actually friends? Could be. He, he's he's best th- buds with all friends, sorts of like friends. They chat isn't he? On, do you think they chat on the phone? Do you think they Skype? Do you think Pippa Milton knows Roger Federer's middle name and vice versa? I don't know what his name is. Middle name is what is it? You're not. W- did he go to your wedding? It's, it's, it's public information. He, he Surely was, it's on Wikipedia. He was Wikipedia, unable to attend, it? wasn't he? he Let's he find said, out what Roger Federer's middle name is. I'm quite okay. Curious. Tennis but do you think she names. would know it without Andrew Googling? Do you think she, he would know hers without Googling? You know what I'm getting at here. Was this just a sort of celeb-type thing that celeb people do for their weddings? Or do you think they're actually mates? If you haven't seen the pictures of Roger and Mirka Federer attending the wedding of Pippa Middleton in Berkshire, just down the road from my mum and dad, then do Look, check them out. It looks like Roger Federer hasn't using. got a middle name. So uh, right, the well, answer to you your question Pippa is Middleton no, I don't think she does that. Yeah. Do you think he know, she knows that? I, I don't know what your middle name is, Catherine. I hope I get invited to your wedding. Do you not know my middle name? It's, no, all, it's awful. It doesn't need to be disclosed on a okay. podcast. Anyway, <laughs> okay. Well, again, touche then. <laughs> I, I, win, I, I think the point is received. Other bits and bobs. Fabio Fanini has had a baby with Flavia Panetta and he lost just in the nick of time <laughs> to <laughs> Alex Verov in Rome, didn't he? Because I think the baby came along later... That evening, just to be he, clear, he was trying his best. He, he, <laughs> he was, was getting his clock cleaned by Alex He genuinely Verov. was, but really, that couldn't have worked out any better for no. anyone involved, particularly Flavia Panetta, yeah. who it sounds like she's been very understanding throughout the whole thing. And they have had baby Federico, who is named after Federico Luzzi, yeah. who was uh, an Italian player that passed away um, after suffering with leukemia a few years ago, and that's yeah. a very moving and classy move. It is. It's. It's. Uh, it was. Uh, the whole tennis world were devastated when they heard out about Federico Luzzi um, passing away. I and mean, he was. He was only in his late twenties and very popular Italian player. And obviously, somebody that they both would have known very well. And I think it's a lovely touch. It really is. It's a lovely touch. It's a lovely story. They posted a picture on social media yesterday of them leaving the hospital, looking absolutely delighted. It's just nice. And maybe one day. Um, Federico will be battling it out with Sofia and Stefan and whatever Novak Djokovic's new baby's name will be. Trevor Povolt, who might come out on top. Two sets of Federer twins. 
and no we we won't and I just have one final bit of any other business oh, yeah. from the agenda Laura Robson and Katie Bolter in the final in Japan of an ITF yeah, uh, event yeah. and Laura Robson won uh, and Katie Bolter was the runner up but it brings their rankings to 169 for Robson and 242 I think 243, 243. for Katie Bolter uh, who's 20 years of age and has been quietly winning in tournaments and getting points over the last uh, few months and that's a very very respectable ranking now for her she's tall she's strong from uh, Nigel Sears who I've been commentating with former coach of Anna Ivanovic and Daniela Hantakova said in terms of her physique and the way she hits the ball she's not unlike Daniela Hantikova in terms of the qualities that she has, the raw material at least, and uh, it, it's it, let's let's hope from a British perspective that she's able to build on that. But that's a really good result. Laura Robson, I didn't realise that that's actually the best result really she's had since she's made her comeback and that's a rise of some 50 or 60 places I think uh, 169 in the world and it's significant in terms of qualies yep. for Grand Slams isn't it that ranking will get her into qualies for Grand Slams which could be a big deal and I'm just pleased she's still out there and is being rewarded for knuckling down and yeah. getting her teeth Good stuck into what must be a really difficult fight you know lots wouldn't have the stomach for that having been where she's been um you know she's out in japan playing to no one you know and those are tough slogs i think she's been there for three or four weeks playing back-to-back events and you know there's there's no glamour there's there's not much reward and she's she's knuckling down and she's doing it and i think that's great and good on katie bolter as well um and yeah i think that just about wraps up the podcast for this week we will be back on saturday for our french open preview show david will be here i'll be in paris and big news it will be our fifth anniversary as the tennis podcast so something for you all to look forward to certainly for us to look forward to certainly an excuse for me to go to a french patisserie and buy some cake which i definitely will be doing we have been the tennis podcast david law thank you very much for your company we'll be back in just five days time brought to you of course as always in association with the telegraph and with eurosport Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.